Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. everybody welcome to howard david live welcome in former san francisco 49er randy cross let me ask you something do you feel any particular more interest than normal because the 49ers are in the final four um i you know i i think i i'd like to see them kind of put the uh the recent lack of super bowl success behind them let's put it that way i mean they've lost the last couple they were in and I think the general perception is the league's better when the West coast teams are in contention. Uh, I believe, you know, whether it's San Francisco or Seattle or LA or whoever, I just, I just think it's a, it's a better feeling and it, it gives for lends itself towards more enthusiasm. Let's put it that way. But I always love to see my old team win. I don't know if you heard, uh, the New York Jets have hired a new offensive coordinator, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who was the mm-hmm. head coach of the Denver Broncos. But the intriguing thing is before that, he was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. There's been speculation in New York that the Jets have an interest uh, more than casual with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> it's just intriguing how all of a sudden things start to link up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... It's going to be interesting to see what, what Aaron does. Aaron obviously does what Aaron, whatever the hell Aaron wants to or, or, or thinks he should do. So how he handles this will be something to, something to watch. I, I would wish for him an entire career in one place. I, I think the moving t- around teams, especially late in your career, rarely ends out great. Um, the Peyton Mannings of the world are kind of unusual. They go to other places and win. But um, I don't know. You know, I think Nathaniel Hackett's proven a, to be a really good quarterbacks coach and a really good offensive coach. I was a big fan of his dad. You know, I remember him and they just lived up the hill for for about five years when I was in the Bay Area. So it was uh, he, it's going to be fun to see what he can do with that offense, whether Aaron's in it or not. Well, just to let you just play a little game a, a little bit. You look at the New York Jets. They obviously have quarterback issues. I don't believe their quarterback for the current season in 2023 is on their roster right now. I mean, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson's name is there. Mike White's name is there. But they're just names right now. They're looking for a primetime quarterback. Uh, does Aaron Rodgers fit the bill? Obviously. But what about Derek Carr? What about uh, uh, Garoppolo? What about... Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, these are all names that have been floated about that with the Jets receiving core, which is pretty good, and the tight end core, which is pretty good, and the running back group, which is pretty good. Once Brees Hall comes back, all of a sudden you look at the Jets, which once forever and ever has been, I don't want to go there. Now all of a sudden it becomes a welcome address. 
Yeah, well, with a guy like Aaron, Aaron would have a certain sort of panache to uh, make the, the location more appealing. Uh, I know one thing. If, if I owned the New York Jets and that was proposed to me by anybody in that building, I'd fire everybody that had anything to do with the decision to bring any of those quarterbacks currently on my roster into the building. If they were so convinced that going after a guy that's been in the league that long and it's going to cost me that much is a better option than somebody I recently drafted kind of high, <laughs> um, I'd, be, I'd be a bit miffed. Let's put it that way. Um, and I, I wouldn't be able to uh, have much faith in the decision-making process, I don't think. Yeah, well, it's pretty clear to me that uh, the coming season, Robert Sala and general manager Joe Douglas, if the Jets don't get to the playoffs, uh, they're pretty much gone. Let's move on to the current situation in the final four now, the AFC-NFC championship games this coming Sunday. First, with your 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, which is an intriguing matchup. You've got uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, who's playing great. Uh, he's injured. He's got an injured right shoulder. You've got the 49ers with a rookie quarterback who doesn't know what it's like to lose yet. <laughs> but he's going to be playing his first playoff game on the road. How big mm -hmm. of an issue is that? Well, you, you would have to say, and, and you know, given this kid played at Iowa State, so it's not like he's, on, he's not used to foul weather um, up there. But, yeah, it's going to be seasonally, it's going to be a lot like being in Santa Clara. If it's going to be about 53 degrees in Philadelphia, the crowd might be a little nastier on the road, <laughs> um, which to say the least. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know what kind of an advantage. I actually think playing on the road at times in the playoffs is, is an advantage to the road team. Less pressure, less I mean, people don't expect much, and, and certainly people aren't expecting much. Some of the pregame things I'm watching on TV and, and listening to on the radio are telling me that, you know, if it's a quarterback matchup, it's a mismatch. You know, that Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate, and this is Mr. Irrelevant and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, statistically, it's the number one defense versus the number two defense, the number one offense versus the number four, I, th I believe, offense in the league. Um, it's about as close as you could ask from that standpoint. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm expecting it to be pretty much a little bit like you saw with Dallas last week. I, I think, you know, there was a lot of complaining on the internet and the social media world during that game, especially from Niner fans that their offense wasn't doing much and their defense was allowing too many yards and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, it is the playoff. And, you know, when you when you distill things, those little tubes get thinner and thinner as you get towards the stuff you want. And these games force everything into a finer, a finer filter. And I think that's just part of the process. And I'm expecting this game to be over the, the amount of allotted points and maybe a little bit over because we're talking, what, two and a half points? Philly's favored by yep. basically giving the home field goal. Um, I think it might be decided by a little bit more of that than that, maybe double that. Interesting because you've got two really good defensive teams here. Uh, mm -hmm. And you look at the Eagles. I don't know if anybody realizes that they accumulated 70 quarterback sacks. Uh, they had three guys with double digit sacks this year. And now you got, you got a rookie quarterback. It's like, uh, 
<laughs> Going Daniel to the lion's den. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they also, they won the sack race by a lot. You yeah. Know, and, and, and 10, I think it was 10. Second place, I believe, had 60 uh, sacks on the year. And you win by that many. That's a hell of a defensive effort. That's a, that's a defense that can bring it. What they make, makes them different is they've got some really good speed and power that comes along the outside and can seal a pocket. But they also have the, the girth and power inside that can collapse the pocket. And that's – you saw San Francisco struggle last week uh, against Dallas because they had kind of the same combination. And they weren't letting Brock Purdy escape. And if he did escape, he was escaping late out left, which, you know, for a right-handed quarterback is generally speaking kind of a, a tougher place to be escaping. So I, I would expect them to, to get their share of sacks. And I would, I would expect San Francisco also to get their share of hits on Jalen Hurts. I, I don't think his shoulder is quite as advertised. Um, from the standpoint, I think it's better than advertised. Mm -hmm. They're sort of touting it as, oh, he's got this bad wing. Ah, yeah, sure. I, I, they rested him pretty good. It wasn't like he was overstressed in the last few weeks of the season. So uh, I, I'm looking for him to be able to run the ball, and that's the difference. Uh, for some reason, Dak Prescott last week didn't seem very willing to get out and run. Jalen Hurts does not have that kind of problem. Um, and there have always been some explosive offensive games when these two quarterbacks uh, – last time these two quarterbacks met. I mean, Brock Purdy threw five touchdowns against Oklahoma, and Jalen Hurts had three touchdowns passing and one touchdown rushing in that game when those two met last time. So I, I different teams, different game completely, but I would expect a lot of the same stuff. The 49ers, as you're well aware, look, the acquisition of McCaffrey was incredible. I mean, that's – I think the 49ers should have been wearing a mask when they pulled off that deal uh, mm -hmm. because he's been as advertised, obviously – but the Philadelphia Eagles also got a guy named A.J. Brown, who they picked up in a trade with Tennessee, and he had a terrific year with almost 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, I'm not going to compare who got the better end of the deal because both uh, got a tremendous player in both cases. But when you look at, at Purdy, um, he's played all his games at home, and he's won them. So he's got a little bit of taste uh, of victory but now you're going into a hostile environment, literally. And the way I understand it, the weather might even be worse than just cold. They're talking about maybe storm-like conditions. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I never really put much credence into weather being that affected or affecting the game that much in these championship games, unless you get to the stupid stage, which, you know, Cincinnati and San Diego back in 82, that was the stupid stage. Um, last week in Buffalo was scenically just right. beautiful yeah. with that snow. Um, I, I don't, there's too much at stake for weather to be that big of a deal. I mean, you can, you could, you could hang by some very important body parts for four hours, um, and not be permanently harmed. <laughs> and I think that you can say that about playing in a game in bad conditions. I, I don't think the weather is going to be that big a factor. I mean, if you get sleet and it gets windy and rainy and that, that can have an effect on ball maintenance, but that affects both sides. It, we talk about McCaffrey and what a big addition he's been for San Francisco. 
But if there is a, a big factor in this game for the 49ers, it's going to be the Swiss Army knife named Debo Samuel. Yeah, and and the way that Shanahan uses him in conjunction usually with, you know, Jusic and, K- and Kittle and, you know, a little bit of McCaffrey in there too. Debo is kind of the unregistered uh, un- unregistered sidearm in that offense. He's uh, supposedly a receiver, but he runs as well and as much as a running back as anything else. Um, it's It's an entertaining offense to watch. It's a... It's an offense, if you like strategy, just check it out. Slow it down, run it back. Do whatever you can do with your DVR because you can see some very cool stuff from both these coaches, but especially Shanahan. And I think Debo, if you're going to go in and say, I want to take X away, Debo might be the X that you start with. Mm -hmm. We talk all the time about Belichick and playoff football and big games, and he takes one thing away. Well, if you're taking that one thing away from San Francisco, you might want to start with Debo. Uh, you mentioned Kittles. How about that catch <coughs> last week, huh? <laughs> Woo! Woo! And now, you know, in, in typical um, social media fashion, you see sort of the minor uproar over they did a screenshot or a, a screenshot of the video of that play and it starts with the formation. And it does look like it's an illegal formation. It looks like um, – that it looks like he's a uh, Jusic is covering up Kittle, but yeah, they get away. They get away, kind of get away with murder mm-hmm. and all offenses do these days. And yeah, that catch was our, are you, why don't we, by the way, Howard, why don't we call those catches? Cause he did it more than once. He probably yeah. had three in that one catch. Yeah, so he right. should get three. He should get credit for three on that one play, but it was, it was pretty strong. Well, the end of that, where he held on to it after getting hit, uh, he, he just gathered control, and he, he held on to the ball after that hit. I, I thought that was as important as anything in that catch. Yeah, and if you're the DB coach or the defensive coordinator on the other side for the Dallas Cowboys, you got to be screaming at your guys, just hit him, just run into him, <laughs> right. disrupt him, do something. Nobody should be able to tip it and tip it and tip it and catch it. You should, you should get hit at least twice during that process. Hey, we're talking with Randy Cross, former alignment for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, before we get to the Kansas City-Cincinnati game, you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys. They have fired four members of their staff, but not Mike McCarthy. And he is, uh, you know, he's been on the chopping block and on social media for like ever since last week. Uh, I'm not going to question whether or not he deserved to be fired because I think it's unfair. Uh, look, had, did they go as far as they could go with that team? I think they did. I didn't think mm-hmm. they were going to win the game last week against San Francisco, but McCarthy's, uh, you know, he's the one who everybody's pointing at. Uh, I don't think it's McCarthy's fault necessarily. I'm, I'm going to go right to the top. Sorry to say it, but yeah, Jerry Jones hasn't I've... been to a Super Bowl since 1995. Yeah, I'd blame it on the GM personally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. And, and if we're talking about people that still have jobs, how about the kicker? Right. What's, what's a brother got to do to get cut? <laughs> I mean, what was he, one of seven on extra points in the, at the end of the year? I mean, that was – that, and, and that one that got blocked, that was going left. Yes. That sucker. Because that, I, I know a smother hook when I see it. Trust me. 
Um, and, and he was yanking that thing left of the goalpost. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. It's Jerry's, Jerry's got to, it'll never happen, but, you know, I think Jerry's got to bring somebody else in there, you know, from a, from a football sense, uh, front office wise that he respects might be in, might be, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's Troy, maybe it's some, you know, somebody else. It sure as hell ain't going to be Jimmy, but you know, he needs, he needs some help from that standpoint because there's gotta be, there's gotta be something more to do with the talent they have. I, I would argue that you can make a strong argument. They should have won that game by about a field goal last week to only score 12 points mm-hmm. in that game. The way that offense on the other side was looking for a while. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the Cowboy fans and Jerry for that matter would be right to say we should have won that game. Well, when after Maya missed the second extra point and they trot him out there for the third, I was saying, what are you doing? Go for two. There's no point <laughs> in letting this kid. I mean, do you think that kid slept at all that night? I don't. <laughs> no, no. Hey, come on. Why, why would he? But, you know, that's one of the great torturous events when it comes to sports. Is you know, it's kind of like the guy, the guy that putts. It's like watching Sergio putt there for a while on the PGA yeah. <laughs> tour, you know, where he was that team to team to He'd keep rocking back and forth, and you're going, God, hit the ball, <laughs> you know. Same thing with a kicker. All right, we got Kansas City playing Cincinnati. Everybody's saying that Joe Cool is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not ready to go there yet. I think Joe Burrow's done a phenomenal job. I think he's a dangerous quarterback with an outstanding group of receivers and a good running back in Mixon. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. And obviously the biggest story before the weekend is Patrick Mahomes' health. Uh, usually, as you well know, you have a high ankle sprain. You're out three weeks, okay? This guy went back in the game last week and played on a high ankle sprain, and he claims that he's ready to rock and roll. I'm not doubting it. I know he's yeah. going to play. The question is, at what level of excellence? And how long will the feel good last? You know, they'll, they'll no doubt, you know, people don't understand high ankle sprains aren't necessarily just the ankle. It's that tendon sheath that runs up the bones in your leg. And you can, what do you say? The old term used to be drop a little something in there. Um, they can drop a little something in there to numb pain in that area, but it's only a matter of time with a high ankle sprain might be the first play might be the 10th play might be the 50th play, but he's eventually going to hurt it again. And once you hurt it again, it's right back to where it was, you know, early in that game. And you saw, and I I thought they did a really good job TV wise last week of showing him throwing off the various platforms without his right foot on the ground Mm -hmm. and how much that affected his accuracy. And, you know, against a defense like Cincinnati's, that's not a good thing because they will take advantage. I don't know. Uh, look, I, I hear what odds makers say. And this is the first time, I think, in Patrick Mahomes' career, he's been an underdog at home uh, in a playoff game. Uh, Cincinnati has had their way with Kansas City. They beat him last year in the championship game in the AFC. Uh, I, I don't know. Is, is this game a toss-up? I would think so. I don't think the point spread's more than one or two. Uh, you know, a close one like Philadelphia and San Francisco. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is a tremendous quarterback with the ability to do plays with his arm and his legs 
The question is obviously about his legs. But what about Cincinnati? Here you've got Joe Burrow. They got to the Super Bowl last year. They want to get back again this year in the worst way and have a different ending, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Joe Burrow has had a pretty magical career so far. When you look at, you know, what he did after he left Ohio state, how things went at LSU gets drafted. Number one. Um, He's playing the way he's playing. It's um, I will say the whole Joe cool thing makes me smile. He's only about four Super Bowls behind the real Joe Cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, or five if you go if you go all the way back to the fur coat Joe Cool. Um, but his accuracy and the visible competitive spirit he has. A lot of quarterbacks you don't see that out of. A lot of quarterbacks get that kind of trained out of them. That you know you're not you're not supposed to be sort of the tough guy on the field if you're the quarterback. You're, you're not supposed to show that kind of nasty side like that. But Joe doesn't mind it. Um, and that, that's what make him, makes him fun to watch. And he's got some serious toys in that offense around him. Uh, and I, I think they do a great job. I mean, a fantastic job all the way around. And, you know, for all the talk about them, then you look at, you know, they get offensive linemen out and they're playing backups and they're still Joe Mixon is just pounding that ball. P Ryan comes in. I mean, they, they are impressive. They're the reason those, that whole, that offense in general is the reason I, that they're favored at all. I, but I think if, if you had a healthy Patrick Mahomes, you're looking at about a five to six point swing from a standpoint of the points. I think they're looking at, Suddenly, you're looking at Kansas City, you know, three, four, five point favorite at home. Well, we know who their target is. It's Travis Kelsey. He had a big game last week with 14 catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and, and, you know, look, Cincinnati knows that. And they know they got to try to take him away or at least, you know, neutralize him. But Isaiah Pacheco doesn't get a lot of publicity, but he had 95 yards rushing last week. Yeah, he's a tough sucker too, isn't he? I mean, he, you look at him, he doesn't look that powerful. Yeah. Then you see him running through some of these linebackers and you're going, dang, that's not supposed to look that easy. Um, he's, he's very, very good. Pacheco, he can do it. And he, he gives Andy Reid exactly what he wants. He wants to threaten you with the run, and then if he threatens you with it and you react to it or you don't react to it, he's got to have a weapon that can actually make you pay for that. And that's what Pacheco has done in the way that he's run. Um, and it's all going to be about can they get a running game that is the same sort of running game they had last week? And if they do get that kind of running game, can they keep Patrick Mahomes on his spot? Because he's officially now – and no, no knock on this guy. He's Carson Palmer in the pocket mm-hmm. with this bad ankle because he ain't going anywhere. So there's going to be a spot. and then. Spot A, spot B, and spot C almost don't exist if that ankle's not right because he won't be able to get there. And if he does get there, he won't be able to throw it. Let me ask you about Kansas City's defense because you're going up against, I mentioned Joe Mixon, but you're going up against the likes of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Hurdle and Hurst. <laughs> They're tight end. I mean, they got some weapons. Can, can Kansas City match up? In the passing game? Uh, the key to them matching up starts with 
that number 95 guy inside Jones, mm-hmm. um, their, their pass rush for all the, you know, we were talking about Philadelphia's and San Francisco's and Cincinnati's had a, done a really nice job. Kansas city's is, is, is no slouch either. And that's going to be the key is going to be moving Joe Burrow and, and collapsing things. You've got, you've got to squeeze him. That's got to be a collapsing pocket. It can't be a, a, yawning pocket because if you get a hole in a pocket against joe burrow he's proven he can run and hurt you with it and that's when his receivers get really really dangerous but you know that's what i i i'm that's what i'm looking for sunday all right let me go back to san francisco if they are susceptible to one thing they give up the deep ball and that's been an issue uh you know how they're going to solve that this week um against philadelphia uh we're going to find out but that's one area to be concerned about if you're the 49ers. It's, it's entertaining. I think if you look at the articles and the things said about this team over the course of the last three to four months when this run sort of started, the, the single caveat every week has been, yeah, but, you know, you really can. You can expose those safeties. Well, the problem you run into when you're trying to expose those safeties is your quarterback has to have the ball in his hand long enough to get the ball down the field. And if, like Dak did last week, they, he gets that kind of protection, you could have some serious problems. Because Devontae Smith is ridiculous the way he can get open. He mm-hmm. gets open like nobody's covering him, but there are two guys trying to cover him. Um, and, yeah, you've already talked about A.J. Brown, but – yeah, that's, I, I think that's the key with San Francisco. They've got to have Bosa and those guys have got to be just smoking that pocket every single play. And if they don't, the one they don't do it on could be a touchdown. Bosa gets a little emotional out there, doesn't he? Oh, he's fun to watch. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've seen his, his brother and I guess his dad in the same ilk and you can go down a really short list of the all-times um, of guys that you watch when you see a game on TV or you watch it on tape, and they're going 100% every single play. You just – you don't see that. And that's, that's what makes me appreciate that kid so much and the passion he plays with it. But he's going balls to the walls every single play. That's what makes him so hard to block. I mean, he's got to drive tackles crazy. You know, like, take a deep breath. Don't you get tired? <laughs> and he doesn't. Uh, let me ask you to go into the Randy Cross crystal ball. Aaron Rodgers, A, stays in Green Bay. B, retires. C, goes someplace else. Yeah, I mean, the football fan in me would like to see either A or B be the reality. But given you know, where we are in 2023, I would say he goes somewhere else and, and tries to see if he can win a championship. And that will be his number one criteria if he changes teams is going to be if he's got a shot at winning it all. And Aaron's a smart football guy. Aaron's mm-hmm. a smart guy, period. Mm-hmm. You know, so those, those Berkeley guys think they're smarter than anybody <laughs> anyway. But you know, I, I think that's what you're going to see out of Aaron. If you see him move, the only reason he's moving is because he's got a chance to win a championship. Well, Brett Favre went to the Jets from Green Bay, and then he wound yeah, up how, in, Min- how, he wound up in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, not too well. <laughs> yeah. Different time, different roster, and so on. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, 
What's his future? I don't think he's done. I do. I I don't think he's done. I mean, I no, yeah. I if you're done, you know. I mean, I knew, you know, two or three games before my last game that this was going to be it. And I've talked to a lot of people about this. Your body, your head, everything about you knows when it's time to go. This game has been designed for him to keep playing. They don't hit him. It's a seven-on-seven league half the, half the time. No it's, no, it's ironic that the four teams that are in the finals here are teams that also smash you in the mouth with the ball, so maybe teams will start figuring that out. But, you know, it's no reason not to. I mean, we, the, the, the kind of morbid curiosity fan in me wants to see him go to Vegas. Wants to see him, you know, go there. Let him go there and see how that works out. Come on, where's your sense of humor? Let him go to the Jets. <laughs> no. No, not happening. What about, you mentioned Las Vegas. What about Derek Carr? Uh, no idea. No idea. You know, it's kind of the uh, star-crossed uh, Carr family travails continue. You know, his, his brother got coached by coaches that had no idea what pass protection was and got beat to death. Um, and Derek's had lots of chances. And, you know, I think when they got Devante, everybody expected this to be this magical year and it just hasn't worked out like that. I, you know, especially the way that he ended it in Vegas. I don't know if I'd be that excited about getting in line to get him. Might want to have him as a, as an emergency guy, as a backup, but I don't think I'd want to lay my franchise on him. Um, in summation, I like Cincinnati over Kansas City this week, even though they're playing on the road. Uh, I think because Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. Uh, San Francisco and Philadelphia, I'm picking Philadelphia because if San Francisco is going to win the game, the Philadelphia fans will kill the 49ers. <laughs> get out of town. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, you know, last year I was, I was positive it was going to be a – you know, a, a San Francisco Cincinnati Super Bowl. I thought the Niners were going to take out the Rams. Um, and that maybe that was a little bit of my bias coming in that, you know, heck, you get in big games and you're a Niner, you win them. Well, that hasn't worked out so well in these last few. Uh, though I'm going to go with the road team. I think San Francisco is going to take out Philly and I think Cincinnati is going to take out Kansas City. I think the Niners win by a touchdown. And I think, uh, Eh, probably four points, like a 23-19 kind of score in the Kansas City game. Okay, more important than any of this stuff. You went to Pebble Beach. What, did you play Pebble Beach more than once? Uh, I played it four times and Spyglass once. I love Spyglass. I really do. I mean, Pebble oh. Beach is more scenic. I yeah. get that, but Spyglass yeah. a hell of a golf course. Yeah, I will tell you, though, if you're planning on going out there, they have had, they have had an epic amount of rain really? out in Northern California. It was wet. And, you know, when you're playing old geezer golf like I do, you need the ball to roll a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spyglass and Pebble Beach aren't the courses to play if the ball's not rolling. Uh, I had flashes of adequacy surrounded by, by moments of uh, what the heck was that. So, it, But it was – I came away with a lot of pictures. 
Yeah, uh, that, that that was probably the best part about it. My family liked the pictures. I didn't much care for my golf game, but my family liked the pictures. Yeah, plus the fact the resort there is sensational. Uh, it, uh, it's it's really nice. It's world um, class. Yeah, uh, get, refresh my memory. That little par three at Pebble Beach, about one hundred and twenty yards, one hundred and eighteen yards. Maybe it's seventeen. Uh, it was. It's number seven. Oh, number seven. Okay. Number seven. Uh, 17 is also a par three, but it right. plays in the 75 to 85 range. Uh, that part, the little par three, depending on how the wind's going, you've seen epic, like drivers, they're hitting into the wind to barely get there. It was playing about 92 to 95 yards last mm. week. So well, you're I hitting hit- a little gap wedge. I almost had a hole in one. I played it uh, with a pitching wedge, and I don't know if you can see my hands. Yeah. I was that close to a hole-in-one. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I never had I one. Went, I went that far by it. Did you? <laughs> I hit the ball. It landed. We watched it. And I thought it was going in, and it went just by it. Of course, the guy that runs this, this tournament I was playing in says, well, just be glad it didn't go in. Can you imagine 92 guys getting to order anything they wanted? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Always great talking to you, my man. You stay safe and keep All working right. on that great-looking beard. Ah, oh, thank you. Well, yeah, it's a little scruffy, but I'm sure I'm going to have to shave. My wife, my daughter's getting married next month, so there's oh, no doubt I'm shaving it before that. Congratulations. Yeah. That's terrific. Well, yeah, down in Florida, so I hope the weather's good. Yeah, you stay safe, my man, and enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Howard. Appreciate it, man. He is Randy Cross, outstanding offensive lineman for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, uh, my broadcast partner on many games on national radio. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the interview with Randy that the Jets had hired Nathaniel Hackett as their new offensive coordinator, uh, succeeding Michael LaFleur. This was inevitable that the Jets, well, first of all, you knew the floor fans insisted that he had to go because their offense was atrocious. Now, to be fair to LaFleur, quarterback play was pretty bad. Zach Wilson's still on the roster. Mike White is still on the roster, although White is a free agent. Uh, do the Jets need a quarterback? Yes, obviously. Question is who? Now, you look at Hackett and what he did in, in Denver or didn't do. You'd say, well, how did he get a job? Uh, he did not. He got fired uh, during the season. Did not uh, have a great run. His offensive uh, offensive performance was not good. So you say to yourself, well, why did the Jets go out and hire him? I think a lot of it had to do with personnel with Denver. Russell Wilson had an atrocious year. Uh, am I going to blame Hackett for that? No, I'm not. Uh, you know, Hackett is an outstanding performer. His father, Paul, was an outstanding coach as well. Uh, this was a no-brainer for the Jets. They went out and they interviewed six or seven potential coaches. Robert Sala then made the choice, and it wasn't easy for him to fire LaFleur. They are, they're friends, uh, close to his brother, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that was a tough thing for him to do, but he had to do what he had to do. There was no question in my mind that we're going to make a move there. Now, the biggest issue is quarterback. Aaron Rodgers' name has been floated around. What would it take? He still do 50 some odd million dollars. Um, what would it take for the Jets? They'd have to get, get, have to acquire him in a trade. What would Green Bay want? Look, they've got a valuable commodity in Aaron Rodgers. If 
the price was two number one draft picks from personally, it's no brainer for the Jets. You make that move. You've got the two number ones, make the move. If it requires anything else, I don't know what the anything else is, but in order of grading what would be best for the New York Jets, I would say acquiring Aaron Rodgers because he's still got three or four good years left. He's he's mobile. He can throw it deep. He can throw it short. He's accurate. And he's a leader. And this is something they desperately need. They've got a good receiving core. Uh, Garrett Wilson, their number one draft choice of this past draft class, had an outstanding year. Sauce Gardner had an outstanding year on defense. They've got two good tight ends. They got Brees Hall, who was injured early on in the season. Uh, he is an outstanding running back. So if Aaron Rodgers is looking for prospective landing spots for his talents, the Jets would have to be part of that. And it's silly. It, it, it's unusual for me to say that because for years, nobody wanted to go to the Jets. Let's be honest. But now they're a valuable landing spot because of what they got going for them on their roster. They've got talent. And Rodgers can only make that talent better. Derek Carr, would he make them better? Probably. As much as Rodgers, I don't think so. If Lamar Jackson is out there, what does he do for the Jets? He's outstanding on his legs. He can throw the deep ball as well. Uh, would that be an upgrade? Obviously, anything is going to be an upgrade. I I'm going to be quite candid here. Zach Wilson is not an NFL quarterback as of today or tomorrow or in training camp in August. I don't think he fully grasps the responsibility of a quarterback. Can he throw the ball? Yeah. With accuracy? Hasn't demonstrated it yet. So let's be real. Where are the Jets going? They must have a quarterback. Are they going to go all in on Aaron Rodgers? I don't know that. But if Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, has all the influence now, it's going to be, he's going to sit down with Salah and say, I want Aaron Rodgers. He's going to go to Joe Douglas and say, give him whatever they want. At this stage of the floundering Jet franchise, where they haven't been to the playoffs in a dozen years, you've got to do what is right for your fan base. That's all I'm saying. As it relates to the Giants, I think they had a successful year, no question about it. They got to the playoffs for the first time in six years. They won a playoff game on the road. They went up against the Philadelphia Eagles last week, and there was no question in my mind they were going to lose. That's the difference between the Eagles and the Giants. There's a cavernous gap between the two. So I'm just saying, just saying, a word, as long as I'm on a roll, a word about the New York Knicks. They had an impressive win the other night against Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell was the guy that they wanted and they couldn't come to terms with whatever it would take to get him from Utah. That's yesterday's news. Don't want to belabor that. But the Knicks got away with one late. Mitchell drove in the paint. They were down two. And he ran into Hartenstein under the basket. No foul. 
He makes the he make he, they call that foul. Two shot foul. He makes the two shots. They're going to overtime. Based on the way the Knicks have played in overtime and late in games, they have found ways to lose games. But to be fair, they are an improved team. Jalen Brunson has made them an improved team. Julius Randle has been playing at an all-star level. We'll see where they go. Right now, they're seventh in the East. Top six teams make the playoffs, and then seven, eight, nine, ten go in to the play-in round. As for the Nets, they battled Philadelphia last night. It was a little bit of a mismatch. Too much Joel Embiid. Too much James Harden. Too much Tobias. But they fought right to the bitter end. They got tremendous help from Seth Curry. He was knocking down threes like, he, like his brother. And he's, as, he, I don't know if he's as good a shooter as his brother. He's pretty close. Where the Nets have an issue now is with Ben Simmons. They benched him in the fourth quarter. He doesn't have an offensive game in today's NBA. Cannot shoot the three. Can handle the ball as well as anybody. Exceptional passer. He's going to get your rebounds, and he's a tremendous defensive player. But until Kevin Durant comes back, and that's not for a couple of more weeks, they're going to flounder a little bit. But they still got plenty of time to catch whoever. It's not a question of whether or not they'll make the playoffs. They will. And curiously, uh, over the weekend, they play uh, the New York Knicks in Brooklyn. I'm just saying that it's fun watching the NBA right now. A lot of superstars, a lot of young superstars. Same with the NFL. Look what you have left. Look what you have left in the championship games. Patrick Mahomes, young superstar. Joe Burrow, young superstar. Brock Purdy, still living the life, still living a fairy tale. Does the last chapter get written this weekend? We'll see. But again, young quarterback. And oh, by the way, what's his future in San Francisco beyond this year? They got a little bit of a happy dilemma. Jalen Hurst for the Philadelphia Eagles, young star quarterback. Before he got injured, he was going to win the MVP. So isn't it interesting that we don't have a veteran quarterback in the final four teams left standing? All young quarterbacks. Eagles a good defensive team. 49ers a good defensive team. Cincinnati, a good defensive team. Kansas City, a little bit questionable. Not bad, but a little bit questionable. They can win without a superstar defense. As I said in front of Randy Cross, I'm picking Cincinnati over Kansas City. I'm picking Philadelphia to defend the home field against the San Francisco 49ers, primarily because Jalen Hurts is a load. And the Eagles' defense is going to put pressure on Brock Purdy. You're talking about the, the team that led the league in sacks. And it wasn't even close. They had 70, 10 more than any other team. Three guys with double-digit sack numbers. Impressive. That's all we got for today. I'm Howard David. I hope you enjoy the championship weekend in the NFL. You stay safe.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.